Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming to you today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join us for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take the King James Bible and share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Of God. We're studying now in a new chapter, and we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and this will be our second Bible study in this 15th chapter. And if you'd missed the last broadcast, I said it that this chapter is packed. It's dynamic, it is doctrinal, and there is much in this chapter to unpack, to go through, and wonderful truths that uh, remind the Christian that we're on the winning side. In fact, at the end of the chapter, he'll just declare that we have the victory, thank God, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to live today like you're uh, in the loser's bracket. You don't have to live today like you're uh, suffering through defeat because you and I are winners either way because the Lord's already won the victory for us. Paul opens up this chapter by defining and declaring the gospel. It's dissected into three distinct parts. Every one of those parts is necessary. They all must be in place if you're going to have the gospel. He defines it for us. The gospel is not up to private interpretation. It's not based on experience or feeling. It's not something that is emotional. It is laid out for us right here in the Bible. And the Bible tells us that the gospel is how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. And then the Bible goes on to say he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. So the gospel, the good news for you and I pertaining to Christ is that he died for our sins, he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scripture. That last portion must not be left out. That is what separates the Lord from every other person, no matter if they've claimed to be some religious leader or just some bum on the street. Man, it is not divine to die. Any old man can die, but only God can lay down his life and then take it up again. And I'm glad for the resurrection. He justified us. We know we're justified because of the resurrection. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever, and someday he's coming, oh glorious day, the old hymn of the faith says. And that's the truth, and that's the gospel. Paul begins with the gospel. Now, in verse number five, he begins to elaborate on the fact that Christ rose again. It's not just something Paul is saying. It is not just something he's conjured up. It is not just myth, and it is not just uh, some sort of fabrication, but he said there is infallible proof. There are factual accounts where people saw the resurrected Lord. It is not something the disciples met in some private, uh, dimly lit upper room and said, let's think of a way that we can keep this thing going. It is not something that was uh, conjured up after having too much uh, sour uh, cream or something like that to eat for supper. Uh, It's a true thing that people were witnesses of. And look what he says here in verse number five, and that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve, After that, he was seen of above, now look at the number, 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. So he's going into this elaboration, and verse 7 and 8 kind of go with it. I'll I'll read them, and then I'll make a comment. After that, he was seen of James and of of all the apostles, all of the apostles. And by the way, that was 
that was a requirement for apostleship. You had to see the Lord, the resurrected Christ, and Paul saw him on the road to Damascus. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due season. So here's what's going on. The point in question in this chapter is the resurrection. And the entire chapter is going to deal with the resurrection from the dead of Christ, the first fruits of the resurrection of the believer, the rapture of the church. And because this is the issue and this is the topic, Paul goes into greater detail that he's not the only one who is saying that Christ rose from the dead, but there are many hundreds of people who had witnessed him with their eye after Calvary and saw that the Lord was alive and well even after the crucifixion. It said Peter saw him. All right. Then it says that uh, over 500 others saw him. And the fact is that many of those out of that 500, I mean, half of a thousand, 500 people that saw him, many of them were still alive as Paul wrote the letter. So if the Corinthians had any kind of question or other people were questioning them, then they could walk them to one of many eyewitnesses and say, hey, what'd you see? And they could tell them firsthand, I saw the resurrected Christ. I've been teaching in our Sunday school class out of 2 Peter. And in 2 Peter chapter 2, it talks about apostates. In chapter number 3, it talks about the message of the apostate or how they attack us. And they often attack in the area of the second coming. They say, where's the Lord? He's not come yet. Where's the promise of his coming? He said, everything continues to this day as it always had, and the Lord's not come back yet. The same thing's true when it comes to the resurrection. Those who'd want to deny God and try to undermine the faith will attack on these points because if they can disprove that point of resurrection, then they can disprove or discredit the rest of the Bible. That's also why the evolutionist likes to attack Genesis 1. If they can throw out creation, they can throw out Calvary. No need for Calvary. So we see that Paul is trying to answer the critic of the day and saying, hey, listen, there is many, there are many people who have seen this and witnessed this. They were there, and you can go to them. They're still living unto this day. He said, not only that, James saw him, and then all of the apostles. So Paul said, I've even seen him as one born out of due season. He said, the apostles saw him. I mean, the uh, the 500 saw him. Of course, Peter mentioned by name, James, they saw him, including those apostles. And he said, but not only that, so did I as one born out of due time. That means this, it was an untimely birth. He got saved later. He didn't have the privilege to sit at Jesus' feet. He wasn't there when he fed the multitude. He wasn't there when he opened blinded eyes. He didn't get to hear him uh, speak from the boat on the Sea of Galilee. He was not there in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was not even there at Calvary. As Jesus said, it is finished. He wasn't partaker of those experiences like the other men that made up the apostles. Paul got saved later. Saul of Tarsus, you know, on the road to Damascus, that's when he encountered the Lord and he got born again. He got saved after the resurrection. But he saw the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. In Acts chapter 9, we can find that account where he says that he saw the Lord. He heard the voice. He said, Who art thou, Lord? And he surrendered his life to the Lord. He got born again and rose up a preacher, and God changed his life. So he's saying there are many eyewitnesses. There are many uh, things that par- par- that uh, uh, add credence to the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. Verse number 9, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which which was with me. So now Paul is getting into a bit of his testimony. He's explaining what he meant when he said, as one born 
out of due time. He's saying, you remember who I was. I was the hater of God, the persecutor of the church. I was the imprisoner of Christians. I was the one who turned them over to be uh, martyred for the faith. In fact, I held the coats of those who killed Stephen, stoned him to death. He said, I am not worthy to be an apostle because of what I used to do. Uh, against the cause of Christ. And I think any of us today who are saved would say we don't deserve it. I would hope you'd understand that. We don't merit that. There's nothing good in us. If there's anything good that comes from us, it's because God chose to use us. And we look back on what we were prior to salvation and say, listen, I wasn't worthy. I am not uh, meeting the standard. I am not meet to be called a Christian. But thank God for grace. And that's what he said in verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. He said, all that I am, Anything that comes out of my life, I'm a debtor to grace. And he said, his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Isn't that a blessing? You know, the grace of God has been bestowed upon everyone who's saved. And, you know, in the mind of God, I would say it's not in vain. He's glad you got saved. No doubt about it. He wants you to be saved. That's his desire. But I wonder if we could look at our life and say, I've kind of squandered it. I could have done more for my Lord. I could be more faithful. I could be more fervent. I could be more fruitful. I could get more involved in the ministry, the things of God. I don't want to be a waster of grace. I, I want to work because of grace, and I want to worship and walk with God because of His grace. And he said, because of that grace, Paul said, because I was so far down, and He brought me so far up, because I was so far gone, and He saved me like He did. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. He said, there's not an apostle that worked harder than me. There's not a Christian that gave more than me, and I didn't do it. So people would say, look at Paul, but I wanted to say, thank you, Jesus. Yet not I, he said, but the grace of God, which was with me. Thank God for that testimony because he never had the privilege of sitting at Jesus' feet. And because he persecuted the church of God, he said, you know what? Since I missed out on all that, and since I partook in those things I shouldn't do, I'm going to give everything I've got to the glory of God. I'm going to make up for lost time and not squander this grace. Well, that's all of our time for today. Make sure you join us next broadcast. We'll dive deeper into 1 Corinthians 15. But until then, pray with me for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.